What's up, everybody? This is David Perret, the host of the Military Millionaire Podcast, and I am here with my friend Autumn Rankin, who is a Army veteran of six years, a nurse practitioner who spent the last year uh, fighting the pandemic in ICUs across the country and really just having fun. I mean, we've been talking, I've known her for a year and a half, two years on online, and she's done some really crazy deals over the last year while living out of state, as well as literally not having a break, working ICU, ER nurse stuff, just crazy schedule. And I wanted to get her on the show now that she's finally got a little bit of free time in her schedule and just kind of talk about how she's been able to build her business because she's done a lot in real estate over the last couple of years. And uh, yeah, so that's my that's my short intro, but Autumn, welcome to the show. Welcome to the Military Millionaire Podcast, where we teach service members, veterans, and their families how to build wealth through personal finance, entrepreneurship, and real estate investing. I'm your host, David Perret, and together with my co-host, Alex Felice, we're here to be your no BS guides along the most important mission you'll ever embark on, your finances. Vehicle one, you're clear to depart friendly lines. Roger, Vic one, Oscar Mike. Hey guys, I want to interrupt this episode for just one minute to bring you a message from our sponsor for this episode, Rentometer. Now, whether you already have an established rental business or you're analyzing your first deal, knowing the correct rental income is absolutely crucial to lowering investment risk and optimizing your rental income. That's why our go-to source for rental data is Rentometer. Real estate professionals rely on Rentometer because it's the fastest and easiest way to access quality rental data throughout the U.S. Now, don't take our word for it. Rentometer provides over 500,000 rent reports every single month and gets rave reviews from its customers. In fact, when I first became a real estate investor, Rentometer saved me $100 a month on my first property, which would pay for the entire Rentometer membership if you paid for the membership right off the bat. They have a free option to give it a trial. I use Rentometer Pro. It's absolutely worth your time. I still use it to verify my rent when I'm analyzing properties, and it saved me, or rather earned me extra thousands of dollars over the last few years in rental income, and I absolutely recommend that you give it a shot. So go to rentometer.com today to start your free seven-day trial and grow your rental business smarter with Rentometer, or click the link down in the show notes, and that'll take you right there. Now let's dig into this show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Why don't you uh, tell the listeners a little bit of your background in uh, well, life, I guess, and then uh, real estate as well. Um, so I was a nurse for 12 years, then decided I would go into nursing anesthesia school in the army. So I direct a session there. I did not like it at all. And so I quit, finished my time, got out, went to nurse practitioner school, and now we're here in West Texas. Fair enough. All right, let's hear the real estate side then. What have you done in real okay. estate? Okay. So, and in the real estate side of it, um, it was when I quit nursing anesthesia school that I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Like everything I had worked for, you know, everything I had worked to get to that point was done. And so, as far as real estate goes, like where I'm at right now, I have four mobile home parks and three single families. Then I own a note and also um, then a forced personal residence. 
campus and a commercial building. Also, we have two Napa Auto Parts stores in, in one of the buildings. Yeah, I love it. So, what was which one was what was the first uh, like real estate investment? So the first one was I was stationed in Hawaii and um, I found a Freddie Mac foreclosure that was back in my hometown area. And I know that I knew that market. And so I flew back. It was a single wide mobile, no, double wide mobile home on a quarter acre home. So my husband and I both grew up parents. And so I flew back an overnight flight. My family was still in Texas because they didn't like being in Hawaii and met up with a realtor, signed the contract. We had 24 hours to get $45,000. And so we cashed out our 401ks for a total of 15,000. We borrowed 10,000 from a friend. And then I called up USAA and asked for a personal loan to buy furniture. And they approved me for 20,000. And I couldn't believe that people really borrow money for furniture, but that sounded great. And so we closed on that property and it just needed cosmetic work. So we put 5,000 in cosmetic work, put it on the market, bought it at 45, put in five, put it on the market at 97,000. And we offered owner financing and it was sold in one week for 8% interest for 10 years with 5,000 down. Wow. So, and the end comes out at 127 and we own the note and get a thousand a month. That's awesome. That's cool. I love, I can't believe, like I can believe that they would give you a personal loan for furniture, but 20 grand seems a little bit excessive. What are we buying? One of those king beds that's like three times the size of a normal king and <laughs> right. custom built, handmade. <laughs> hey, whatever works though. Um, and clearly it paid for itself time and time again, threefold. So that's yes. awesome. Yeah, that's super cool. So, okay. So we buy that one. We flip that one. We own the note. Where'd you go from there? So from there, I was still in Hawaii. And so nothing was happening until two years later when I finally got out of the military, came back home, got accepted to nurse practitioner school here in West Texas. So we came here um, for me to go to school. And my husband used to manage Parkwest uh, Auto Parts and he decided that he didn't want a mechanic work for the rest of his life. So he wanted to own a parts store. So we moved here to West Texas. We found out there was one close by that was for sale. It was going under. He knew that they were going to shut this guy down. And so I said, let's buy the building. Because he was like, no matter what, I'm going to put an auto parts store here. And I said, okay, well, let's buy the building. So I did all the research on who the owner was. And he went over there with all three kids while I was at work and found the owner and had a great discussion. We bought the building for a hundred thousand, um, twenty thousand down. Owner financed at four percent. That's awesome. And so the payments are six hundred a month. Um, we wound up getting into Napa Auto Parts and purchasing a different business, and then we put our another Napa into this building. And so our Napa Auto Parts pays us twenty five hundred a month in rent. And the payments are only six hundred. So yeah. that's. It's neat. It's a 10,000 square foot building. Wow. That's a huge spread. Is that a triple net? Yes, it is. Wow. That's yes. phenomenal. 
<laughs> we were gonna only charge fifteen hundred a month for rent, and then Napa Corporate was like, "No, that side of the building is twenty five hundred." I was like, "Okay, I'm not gonna argue with you." Yeah, like we we would have been cool lower, but I mean, if you're gonna push the button, like, well, all right, fine, we'll let you have it your way. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah, that's phenomenal, especially as a triple net lease, which uh, if anyone's listening to this and doesn't know what a triple net lease is, would you mind uh, just uh, filling them in? So it's this really neat thing in commercial spaces. So you own the building and the is not only, but they also have to pay the taxes. And so you get out of that huge responsibility for commercial property of the taxes every year. And so it's then you're really cash flowing a lot more yeah. and not having to repair things. Yeah, exactly. So you essentially hand it over to somebody and they do repairs, maintenance, taxes, insurance, utilities, whatever. And you're basically mm-hmm. just on the horn for your note, which is awesome. Yeah, yes. I, I love it. And that's something un- unique to the commercial space, uh, but it definitely makes things very appealing for somebody who doesn't want to be super involved in real estate because it can you can make fairly large purchases yourself, but it would still be relatively passive, which is just phenomenal. Yes. Okay, so then where'd you go? You own the, all these mobile home parks. Is that where you went next? So it is because, you know, um, I never owned um i never really worked on a stick built house or a pier and beam or anything like that i grew up in mobile homes that's what i was used to and so i told my husband you know you know what i really think i want to just stick with what i know but do it on a larger scale i want a mobile home park that's what i want so you know i had looked around i had talked to several owners and the Napa store in Clyde that we own, he was working one day and this elderly lady came in and she wanted to buy a battery tester for the golf cart, but was not willing to pay the $20 for the battery tester. And so he's like, okay, how about I just come over and I'll test the battery for you? You know, cause batteries are a pretty good profit, they, they, especially for golf carts. Yeah. And so he's like, I'll just go over and test it. So he goes over there, tests the battery, working on the golf cart. And the couple are talking and talking and talking. We just drive this around the park. And he's like, what park? And they're like, this is a mobile home park. And he's like, it is? And, you know, he didn't realize it because it was so nice. And then he says, would you like to sell? (laughs) My wife wants one. (laughs) And... (laughs) They were like, well, actually, yeah, we had just been talking about that. You know, they had been approached by multiple people, but they weren't ready. And then they decided they were ready. And so they, he's like, okay, I'm going to bring my wife over to look at it. And um, they called coming. When are you coming? And I was like, good grief. Give me a minute here. So I went and looked and we talked to them. He said they wanted 300000 for the park, and it was 10 lots, nine homes, plus the rock home that they lived in, plus this big steel shop. And I was like, okay, you know, that does seem reasonable. And then he said, but I want 10% interest. And I was like, oh, wow. And he said, no, I want 10% flat rate interest. So 
I just want $30,000 for interest. That's it. And we'll carry the note. You don't have to put any money down. <laughs> and I was like, really? And over he what, said, yeah. Over what term? Um, so it's a 10, is it 10 years? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm kind of blanking here. Oh, yes. I think it's a 10-year amateurization or maybe a, no, 30-year amateurization. But... Um, I told them I would like cash out refi in five. Man, that's that's like a third of a percent interest. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So we were like, bam, okay, July 1st, we're at the um (laughs) I was like, all of a sudden we're at the closing place. And the closing company called him and they were like, we're afraid that the paperwork is wrong. This says 0% interest. And he's like, no, it's right. And then they called me. We're trying to make sure that you're not taking advantage of these people. I was like, I'm not taking advantage of it. He's the one who said it. Yeah, he brought it up. Yeah, he brought it up. And so they were very confused of the whole deal, but we did it. And so that was the start of the mobile homes. That's awesome. So I've actually negotiated. I haven't. I haven't purchased either, but I've negotiated 0% interest seller financing twice. The reason I haven't purchased is on one of them, the purchase price was like 20 grand. So I just paid the lady cash rather than having a note. And on the Uh other one, we like, I sent her the contract to sign. And then her son was like, I think I'll buy it. So she's given him 30 days. And if he doesn't buy it by the end of this month, then she'll give it back to me. But people don't realize that like, that's a real thing. It like, and it's not like you're saying, Hey, you know, I want to pay you zero interest. I literally just tell people like, okay, that price works. Are you open to me paying you over time or do you want it all up front? And if they're like, actually, I'd like it over time. I'm like, okay, cool. How about over 10 years? And I just never even mentioned it unless they ask for it. You know, a lot of people are totally fine with zero interest as long as they, you know, get their money over time and don't have to pay the huge capital gains tax because that's basically like earning interest on their money. Yes. Yes. Wow. So that one's been, that one's been good. Um, The second park I found on sale on Zillow and it was totally advertised wrong. Mm -hmm. It was for sale by owner. It said 129 and it was an eight lot park, technically in the city limits, had city water, but it was on septic from the 80s. Um, Like each home had their own tank. I'm telling you, this place was so creepy. (laughs) I couldn't believe somebody was still living in one of the homes, but the weeds were about chest high. Wow. And one of the units had been burned to the ground by another tenant. There had been some stabbings out there. Oh, perfect. Somebody had built a fire in the back of another unit and they were so beyond crazy. The the lady would not respond to my messages. And so... I wound up telling her, I'm interested in that property and another little house that you have for sale. I want both of them. I'll take you to lunch. So then she responded. And I was able to get all of the details of the park, finding out that she actually owed a note on it that was privately owned by a guy in town Hmm. who's a big business owner. And I was like, well, how much do you owe on the note? And she said, $50,000. And this was two and a half acres, eight lots. And I said, well, 
Yeah, I can offer you 80,000. So you can have 30,000 in cash and I'll assume the note. Meaning you're not going to have to deal with him anymore. I'll assume it. And so I did all the paperwork and got her 30,000 in cash and then called him up and was like, hey, I've got some paperwork for you to sign. I'm going to assume this note. He didn't even know what property it was because he has so much, but he signed it. And then um, actually to get rid of the old mobile homes, instead of just burning them down because I would have gotten in trouble, I reached out to a local religious cult who's like been on the FBI watch list for quite a while. And <laughs> I love where this is going already. Yes. And I said, you know, hey, I heard you guys are interested in some mobile homes. I have some that you can have if you'll just take them off and clean the lot up. So one of their members, leaders, went out there and met up with me. And he looked through them and he's like, these are great. And I was like, that's wonderful. I'm so <laughs> glad I can help you. <laughs> and they took all eight homes. They got their tractor and they came out there and they hauled them like 30 miles down the side of the interstate, each one. And they cleaned up the lots for me. And it was all free. <laughs> So we have like a mass suicide in mobile home parks in West Texas. Like, yes. Autumn, Autumn was responsible for part of that. <laughs> Who have they been in contact with? <laughs> okay. So I'm seeing a trend here though, with all of these purchases and I love it. And I'm going to point it out for a couple of people. Um, every single one of these purchases so far has involved you personally contacting a seller, like yes. direct communication and finding a win-win. Right. Like, yes. and, and honestly, I love the fact that the uh, first mobile home park wouldn't have come around for like 90% of people because most people had, they been standing in an auto parts store and some old lady came in and said, I want to test my battery, but I don't want to spend the money on this battery tester. They would have said, well, it's $20, take it or leave it. And your husband was like, well, you know, I'll come help you out and whatever. And then just happened to stumble upon exactly what you guys were looking for and knew that that's what you were looking for and asked the question, which is another thing a lot of people wouldn't have done. But all of these deals have literally come from, so I went and talked to them. So we asked them if they wanted to sell. So we found a guy who wanted to sell a building like with Napa and we decided to buy the building on seller financing. They're all a direct to seller, which I love. They're all creative financing They're or to a cult, um, <laughs> which is awesome. Um, but none of these are done traditionally at all. I mean, from, from a personal loan for furniture to, uh, like they're all very creative and they've all been, well, how can I figure out how to make that happen? Which is what I love about all of this and why I wanted to get you on the show. Cause a lot of people think, oh, well, I can't do that. Or, well, I don't have 20% down or, you know, but neither did you when you started. And most of these haven't required 20% down. Um, no, I've never put that much down. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is awesome. Uh, so, okay. So you sell or give. And the banks won't even talk to me. They yeah. <laughs> There's no way they would have lent on a mobile home park. That's so bad. No. That you had to give them to a cult. They would have been yeah. like, get out of here, go away. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. So this cult comes and yeah. 
beautifies your mobile home park for you. And then I'm guessing you pull new homes in. Well, I pulled in some used homes. Hmm. One was moved and ready. Two of them have needed a lot of work that I've had nightmares with contractors on. Hmm. And then I did just get one in um, that doesn't need work, but it just has to get hooked up to the electric and water and septic and it's ready to rent. What's up, guys? Hope you're enjoying the show. I wanted to stop for just a few seconds to talk once more about Rentometer. And no, they did not sponsor the second ad. This is a mid-roll ad. They sponsored the beginning of the show, but I believe in Rentometer enough that I wanted to just poke my head in here and reiterate that you guys should give it a shot. It's a seven-day free trial. This will absolutely save you money by helping you get greater rents on a property or helping you avoid from trying to ask for too much in rent and sitting vacant forever, which can be almost as costly, if not worse. So I absolutely recommend that you go try Rentometer for free at rentometer.com or the link down in the show notes and give them a shot. You absolutely can't lose with a free trial that will literally make you thousands of dollars on your rentals. Now back to the episode. And, so and they're all that. better than cult quality. Way better than cult quality. Yes. Yes. But I have found out that it's not worth my time or my energy to buy ones that need fixing up. Yeah. It's really not, especially with the materials cost the way it is. Um, you know, I was gone for a year working COVID and trying to arrange contractors to do it because my husband was running two auto parts stores, meeting still the needs of like a lot of my properties. And we have three kids. <laughs> and so he was taking care of all of that and didn't have time to fix them up. And so it's just easier if I spend the extra money and get them ready to move in. Not new. Those are way too expensive. No. Yeah. And and I, I agree with you on that. I can see that. I mean, out here in California, they have mobile home parks or mo mobile homes, like individual mobile homes that they'll sell. And even here in like San Diego, they're only like $200,000, right? So even there, the money's not, yeah, I know 200K is nuts for a mobile home park for anywhere else in the country, but that's, oh. that's like the top of the line here. So like anywhere else in the country, right? You know, you're looking a couple thousand dollars here, 15, 20, 30, 40, whatever. Um, yeah. And the money that yeah. it would take to renovate is not much different than a house. 17. Yeah, exactly. Right. So the amount of money you got to spend to renovate <laughs> it, just the bang, the bang isn't worth it. No. Yeah, I can see that. So then you you bought two more mobile home parks, a few houses. But the the important the other cool thing here is that you've done a lot of this while you've been nowhere near these properties and working. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine when you were doing ICU stuff, 12 hour shifts, right? Yes. So they were 12 hour days. Um, one place was six days a week. The other one was five days a week. Um, I've done a lot because I use the lawyer who works for the title company that I use. I like it. I use him personally. So he draws up my contract and then does the closing. And so he'll draw up the contracts for me. He will uh, always get like power of attorney for my husband to sign or they'll send a mobile notary. So he did a series LLC for me when I was in New York. And while I was in New York City, I had found, well, I had found it before I went to New York. So I found this mobile home that looked like it had been abandoned on a city lot. 
So it's not a part of a park or anything. And I went in, like all the windows were busted out. The place had been trashed. I looked it up and I had written the person. And then I got this strange call one day when I was in New York. And this elderly lady is telling me that the person that I wrote was her son and he's in prison. Mm. And that house belongs to him. But like she had gotten the letter and mailed it to him in prison and he had to write her back and tell her to call me. And so I, you can't send pictures like in the envelope. And so what I did was I sent the photos I had taken to my, like printed them out on a piece of paper so I could show him what the house looked like on the inside. And I said, you know, Hey, there's a couple kids. It was the kids down the street. You know, the neighborhood had told me it was the kids down the street who had busted in. All the windows are broken. Here's the condition of your house. Do you want to sell? I'll offer you $6,000 for the house and the lot. Now, I know the lot alone was worth 10 because I had just sold some I got on auction. Yeah. And I was like, this will go a long way in commissary in that department. So she was like, oh, for sale papers in prison. It was kind of funny. Like, I could technically have put the money on his books, but he wanted it to go to the checking account his mom had. But she said she didn't want it in there because she was in trouble with the IRS. (laughs) So we made it to where she was able to deposit the money, but it wasn't under her. If there's a more mobile home park real estate story than... The guy's in prison and his mom's got IRS legal problems and the kids down the street (laughs) ripped out the windows. I haven't heard it. I mean, this is basically every stereotype wrapped into one. And what I love here. So when I was a recruiter for the Marine Corps, I had a kid who wanted to join who was 17 and his mom was in prison. And in order for a 17 year old to join the Marine Corps, you need parental consent. And so I got to drive all the way up. It was like two and a half, three hours northeast. And so I've gotten to personally, oh you know, most of the recruiters in the office were like, oh, well, that's it. And I was like, nah, no, that's not it. And I showed up at prison <laughs> and I, I mean, I got parental consent sitting in like the visitation yes. room in a jail. So I can fully appreciate how much of a pain in the rear <laughs> this is, but this just goes to even further reiterate, like if you have a win-win in mind and you're confident enough and you know, not going to get in the let obstacles get in your way to stop and say, oh, like most people would have been like, oh man, all right, well, when does he get out of prison? <laughs> you're <laughs> right? like, you're like, well, how do I send this guy letters with pictures that won't get him in trouble? Yes. You can use this money for cigarettes and email. Yeah, he can use it for cigarettes and coffee. I love it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the third part that I got is in a little town right by where I live. And this one, (laughs) this one is a really big dump also. And this little town is up and coming and it's got the same school district that we're in. And it's the most desired school district in the county. State championships for football, all of this, yada, yada. Yeah. Well, I saw an opportunity to provide affordable housing. And that's my thing. I have, I provide clean, safe, affordable housing. I like it. And even to people in a cult. 
<laughs> yes, even for people in the country, Maybe not they clean. need houses too, <laughs> right? Definitely affordable. <laughs> and so I had figured out who the owner was by the county records. That, like in care of these, I realized that I figured out that she had a sibling via the obituary. Then I found out they had left her a house like in the other neighboring town. And so I wrote her a letter in December of 2019 and I didn't hear back. Hmm. And most people would stop there, but that's not going to stop me. I will find out where you are. And so we had gotten back from spring break and that's when COVID, like everything shut down. And I was like, oh, she's going to be home. <laughs> everything is shut down. And so I drove to her house and knocked on her door and her grandkids answered and she, you know, let me in. And I was like, you know, I'm Autumn and, and I know you own the park there in town. I wrote you a letter in December and she said, oh yeah, I get a lot of letters about that park. And I said, but you didn't call me back. And she was like, no, I don't ever call anybody back. And I was like, well, that's why I'm here. You didn't call me back. And I want to buy your park. And she was like, she's so funny. She says, I like you. <laughs> she's like, I have never had somebody show up because I didn't call them back. She's like, you've got some definite drive. I like you. And so <laughs> she sold me this park. She said she wanted $325 for it. And it's 14 lots. Now, there's a lot of catches with this park. Mm. Nobody had been paying rent, lot rent, for like seven years. No one paid any rent. One of the homes was completely abandoned for three and a half years. Oh, there's like seven junked out cars. There's a broken down U-Haul. It's really overgrown. And I said, okay, you know what? I'll agree to your price. Will you own her finance? And she was like, yeah, I sure will. And so we agreed that I asked her how much did she want down or what was she wanting to have? Like, what was she wanting to buy that she would need money down? And she said she wanted to get a new to her, but used Toyota Camry. So she wanted about $25,000. Okay. I said, okay. That's doable. And I she's and I said, well, how about five percent for 10 years? And she was like, ah, that sounds good. And so it took me one year to close. Oh wow. Oh yes. And bless her heart, she is super sweet and fun. The reason it took so long was because I was I was gone, but then she was like, I want to use my lawyer. Well, her lawyer, I'm not kidding, is in his 80s. Mm. And he kept forgetting. Even though I was written down everything for the contract, he kept forgetting what our agreement was. And so we finally got to closing and oh, the terms. So um, I got her to agree to no payments for the first six months. So that um, there would be, I could get the place cleaned up and get some used homes in there and get rent coming in. 
man, they're all selling. So, and I know like mobile home parks are, are usually like seller financing is fairly common for mobile home mm-hmm. parks compared to everything else, just because banks don't want to mess with them. Um, mm-hmm. But that's awesome. I mean, that's another one that's like 8% down, 5% interest, no, no, no payments for maybe even less than 8% down 25 grand, seven, seven, eight, somewhere like that. Mm-hmm. And then no payments for six months. That's awesome. And the crazy thing to me about that is if she hadn't gotten lot rent in like seven years, like how do you sit on something that long? She didn't need the money because she had inherited it from her parents. Mm. She inherited her home from her parents and had a stable job. Gotcha. Yes. But that just baffles me, like to just let it rot when you could easily be making. Oh my gosh. I know. Yes. Well, day one of me taking over, you know, we went and looked at it. The seventh day I had it, I had made flyers to go and give all of the tenants along with my card and phone number. And the flyer said, hey, y'all, you know, here's my name and I'm the new owner and lot rent is going to be $250 a month. And here's the comparables in the area for why it's 250 so it's less than one park but it's more than the other park and you know it's expected by the first up to the fifth everything was laid out I let them know the park is going to be getting cleaned up and that it's going to be a place that they're going to be proud to live in so um day one I had a, a family start packing up their house because they were not going to pay that and Where it was go? like wonderful great and so I was like great so are you gonna move your house or can I buy that awesome and so um they actually wound up paying for the month of April because they had not moved any of their stuff out and so they wanted to argue like we didn't sign a new lease and I just let them uh, okay oh you know what you're right you didn't sign a new lease just just be chill it's fine and then they we're like, oh, can we meet? We'll pay you a lot rent since we haven't moved out yet. It worked. Now, the most surprising thing is I actually sent out all new park rules, including a maximum of two pets and no vicious breeds, no pit bulls. And there's a family who had just moved in there that had four dogs and one was a pit bull. And it was like trying to come after everybody in the, and it could climb the fence. Jeez. And they're really nice people. And I was like, I'm, I'm sure this isn't going to go over well, but here's the deal. You know, my insurance is not going to cover this. They were so sweet. They actually wound up getting him fixed and taking them to their mom's that lives down the road. And, you know, they're trying to fix up their house and, and it's going to work out. And so I was kind of worried about how it, is this going to be taking over, enforcing new rules and having a complete turnaround, but it's turned out well so far. I mean, that's, that's hilarious to me though, that the family was like, well, screw you then we're moving. Like, great. (laughs) Where, where do you plan on moving that you're going to be able to live for less than $250 a month? Yes. I I just was like, okay, great. Less people to deal with. Never mind how much it costs to move a mobile home park, right? Like we're talking, okay, fine. Screw you. We're going to pay $5,000 to move our trailer down the road and pay the same amount of lot rent. Yes. Not more. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay. 
be our guest. Have fun. (laughs) (laughs) You could live here for two years for the amount of money it'll cost to move your stinking trailer, but have fun. Yes. Oh my gosh. And that's why people like the uh, not park-owned homes, right? Because it's such a pain to move a home that most people will just say, oh, we'll just stay here forever. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's, it is not cheap. And it's not even just the moving part that is so expensive. It's like the skirting. And of course, steel has gone up by 85% since November. And then um, hooking up your electric, like getting, you have to have the electrician to hook it to the pole like tie in the and then tying in the septic and the water or the sewer and the water yeah yes yeah not an easy process at all so okay so (laughs) we've owned holy smokes i'm doing the math in my head like i remember you i remember talking to you about some of these deals in the past but Mm -hmm. it's cool to hear it just lined out like that i mean that's three seller financed homes a seller financed building with a napa in it another napa that you guys own and then or manage own and manage and then three homes a mobile home park you bought from a dude in jail like uh, not to mention the whole cult thing which is hilarious but that's a lot of real estate done and nothing traditional and i love it uh because i'm i'm all for the i mean uh not everybody on this show is heard. We haven't dug super into detail, but we just took over a 40 unit hotel to three, three weeks ago. And we gave the guy a hundred. Awesome. Yeah. It was like nine fifty purchase. We gave the guy a hundred grand and said, can we just take over? Like he literally, it was a Friday. We've been going back and forth for like three weeks. And on Friday, he's like, we were drafting the lease and he goes, you know, if you guys give me a hundred grand Monday, it's yours. <laughs> like, Okay. And I was like, can we work in like a two week time to do inspection? And then you can refund if we find any major structural issues. And he's like, yeah, all right. And so we wrote the dude a check and took over Monday. And so we took over on the fifth and that's awesome. Yeah, it was crazy, but I love those kinds of deals. And that was literally, uh, the seller called me from a postcard. I sent him about a single family house and he's like, I've got a hotel and two apartments, 79 doors. If you want those. Wow. I mean, it was like a three month follow-up process and like lots of negotiations. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we took over the hotel and then we're, we're buying the both apartments officially on the 1st of June. Uh, that is so awesome. And so I love these crazy, you know, deals where you're just like, whatever. And people, people hear these stories and they're like, Oh, well, that's cool. But that couldn't be for me. Um, You've done it like six times now. And so that should prove to anybody that it's doable. It's just that you have to be able to talk to the sellers directly. You're not going to find this on the MLS. You're not going to find it. Yeah, it's, I mean, you're like literally, it's kind of creepy actually how stalkerish you are on some of these owners. I love it. You're like, I showed up at her freaking house because I know how to find people like, oh, all right. (laughs) But all of that stuff's public record. And it's, it's easy to do if you just have, the confidence to be like, all right, well, I'm going to show up at somebody's house and, you know, um, man, that's just cool. Well, what are some, what are some oh, things? Like, what, I enjoyed what, it. So we've covered everything. We've talked about how you've been able to do all this while, while long distance, um, which is just awesome. Uh, I have a few questions that I ask every guest, right. And just basic, basic mm-hmm. stuff. Um, the first one is, like if you were to talk to uh, E1, E2 or like an 18 year old and just they were asking for you ad- advice on business or real estate, like what's the one thing that you would want to tell them? 
I didn't prep you at all because I'm a jerk. So no, that's okay. On business or real estate, I would say to um, read as many books as you can. And that is like all of the bigger pockets books. And then your book that you just released, because that would really help them to realize it. Because so many people who are in the military are like, oh, but that won't apply to me because I'm in the military. No, but it does still apply to you. It absolutely does. And, I- and uh, it's, just, you know, okay, it doesn't, it will apply to you because so people would say, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, well, I'm full-time army. I didn't realize, you know, that meant like active duty, but I'm just like, no, it's like a full-time job. So yeah, you just have a different job than other people do. That's no big deal. That's true. And it absolutely is applicable. And I appreciate the, uh, the plug. I didn't tell her to say that by the way, guys. Uh, <laughs> But thank you. Uh, All right. So that actually rolls right into, um, I usually, the next one I ask is resources. So like book course website uh, that you recommend. And you mentioned the Bigger Pockets books. You you gave me a little shout out there, but are there any other specific books that you think are worth reading for the real estate business world? I agree on Bigger Pockets. Yes, there is. There is a book. Oh. It's so difficult to narrow this down. Okay, there's there's a book and it's like this guy, Tim Shiner, who's in South Lake, Texas uh, by Dallas was on the Bigger Pockets podcast a long time ago. And he wrote a book called 50 Things They Didn't Teach You in School. And you can buy it, I think through his website, maybe Amazon. And like all the proceeds go to this women's shelter or food shelter or something. This 50 things that they didn't teach you in school was amazing. It was eye-opening. And it's it's not just, oh, hey, here's how to balance a checkbook. All of these things, he uses real-world examples of what he's experienced. And there are things like follow up with a thank you note. Mm. You know, when you meet somebody new, you know, follow up with a thank you note. And... Um, it was just, it was very valuable information, super easy read, but I'm definitely having my kids read that one. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. I like the thank you note one. I try to, uh, I'm not as consistent with it as I should be right now, but, um, like whenever I do, uh, and it will be easier when I'm physically the person going to homes when I move back this summer, but I try to send a, like a thank you note or a nice to meet you note for every seller whose house I visit with an appointment Mm -hmm. to talk about home, whether I buy it or not. So, um, keeps you top of mind and it's just a nice gesture. So, all right. The last one, where could people get a hold of you if they want to ask you some more questions about your story? So I'm on Instagram and my handle is Queen double wide. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I hadn't seen that one before. I'm going to go follow. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. I mean, I think we, I think we do follow each other on Instagram. I just didn't know that. I I don't know. We probably do. I don't, I, I try to keep up with Instagram, such as like posting stuff about business. And then I'm on Facebook under Autumn Rankin. Yeah. Pretty easy to find. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Well, hey, uh, any parting? Is there anything we missed? I mean, this, I feel like we covered your story, 
And while we were able to go through your story, I mean, there's just a lot of valuable tidbits in there for anybody who's thinking about getting into real estate and doesn't want to go play the MLS 25% down game. I think we covered everything. And creative financing is definitely the way to go. It's much faster. It's actually like way easier. And it's way more fun. Yeah, I agree. It's, it, it is all of those things. Yeah. And it's usually more of a win-win too, unless they really just want the cash right away. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to, you know, be able to work out exactly what they want and find terms that are great for everybody. So I agree. Well, this has been a long time coming and I'm glad we finally yeah. did it because your story, the stuff you, the investments you've made are awesome. And the way you've made them work is just fun. Um, I love it. So I look forward to uh, hearing about the next crazy deal. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you find Amish people next time instead of a cult or, um, you know, we'll see. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'll keep you up to date. Awesome. Thank you very much for joining Thank us. Thank you today. so much. Thank you for listening to another episode about my journey from military to millionaire. If you liked it, be sure to visit from military to millionaire.com slash podcast to subscribe to future podcasts. While you're there, we'd love for you to rate the show, give us a review on iTunes. Now get out there and take action.